Welcome to the Vineyard Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at bkcwest.com. We are in the midst of a a four-week series. We're going to finish it up today. And it's uh, a series about community. Um, But it's a series about like... Uh, what happens in community, like what happens when we come together as Christians, as people. Um, and so, Joe, go ahead and back that off a little bit. Um, and so uh, what happens when we come together? So we've looked at we love better together. We care better together. Last week, we looked at we grow better together, looking at spiritual growth. Uh, and then this week, we're going to look at that we serve better together. And so uh, we've been going through these messages, but then we've been uh, meeting in groups and homes. And so this is the last week. So if you haven't got into one, it's okay to hop into one this week. Um, in the Welcome Center, it, where Kim's going to be, there's a list of those groups. You can check them out. We share a meal together, enjoy life together. It's a good time. So I encourage you to do that. As we look at serving, I was thinking about uh, a pastor friend of mine. He's a vineyard pastor in Colorado, and, and we, we pastored uh, Vineyard Church in Colorado uh, for a bit and for f- about five years or so. And uh, so while we were there, we became really good friends with this family that pastored another vineyard church not far away. And uh, his family was sitting there at our house one day, and uh, my, at that time, a little over two, a little over two years old, uh, went up to his uh, two-year-old daughter and just gave, smacked her and gave her her first kiss, just right on the lips. Just, we're all sitting there hanging out and, and my little over two-year-old just walks up and just lays it on her. And, and, and we're all sitting there like, oh, what are we doing here? And uh, it was just a, it was an awkward moment. And my friend's from the South, from Georgia, and he said some Georgia things that, uh, you know, I don't even understand to this day. And, but but I was talking to him a few weeks ago, and he said, well, hey, um, you know, tell your son. I, I'm not going to tell the name to give it away, but, um, so they have privacy. But, he, but he, sa- he said, he said, tell him, you know, how's he doing in school? You know, I said, he's good, straight A's. You know, I mean, does he have a job? He's working on it. He makes money every once in a while. And he goes, well, tell him. He has to make things right. You know, he kissed my daughter, gave her first kiss. He, he better get his stuff together if they're going to get married, <laughs> you know? And so... The hard thing for him, like he still talks about it, brings it up because he's like, wait a minute, like nothing was discussed before this. Just, you know, this, this, I mean, obviously an innocent thing, little kids, you know, just, hey, we're, we like each other, right? And, uh, but nothing was discussed, like the relationship wasn't defined. And that's the thing he still says, like, wait a minute, Uh, you know, and so we joke about having an arranged marriage here and there. Um, But you know, anything in life that we have, it's important to define the relationship. For instance, like we have teenagers. And so some teenagers that come to the house or we meet them, they ask, well, do you want me to call you Mr. and Mrs. Busick or Cody and Michelle? And so you kind of define how the relationship's going to be. Uh, I mean, you sense this at, um, at like a restaurant. If you go to a certain restaurant or a business, you sense a culture there. Like, how do the people that work here relate to the people that come as patrons here? Like, what's the relationship here? And you can sense it. Certain places, it's more formal, and it's just kind of all business. And then other places, it, it's relational, where you talk about each other's families and, and, and go through those things. Well, um, when it comes to, um, it comes to uh, like, serving... Uh, Jesus sets that as the culture for his people, for his church, for his followers. He, he sets that this is the relationship, is that 
amongst people, amongst my people, they will serve one another and they will serve others. Like he just sets that. Here's the culture. Here's the relationship. And uh, he, he sets it for all time. And we talked about when we started this series, uh, when we talked about love, we talked about how Jesus, uh, when there was no servant to uh, wash the feet of the disciples, it was Jesus that stepped into that role of serving. And he said, now that you've seen me do this, do this for one another. And so serving is the culture amongst people. Jesus set that relationship. So we're going to read in Matthew chapter 20, verse 24 through 28, and then walk through that passage. The context is important of this though, because uh, what happened is, is like the scene is Jesus's disciples in the latter part of chapter 19, it's recorded. They go to him and say, Hey, Jesus, we've left everything for you. What do we get? Like what's our reward? And so Jesus says, look, you guys will, you'll sit on 12 thrones in heaven with me and you will judge the nations of Israel or the tribes of Israel. Whoa. And then he goes into this parable though. And he, he, it's to set them loose and let them know God doesn't reward though, the way that people do. And he shares a parable about how like a a, a owner went out to uh, get people to work in his vineyard and, and he went out uh, at 6am and then 9am and then noon and then 5pm and the workday ends at six and he hired different people at all those moments. But at the end of the day, he paid everyone the same a day's wages. So the people that started at 6am got the paid the same as the ones that started at 5pm and only worked one hour. And so his disciples were on their heels like, wow, what is this? And then uh, he goes through after that in chapter 20 and he shares with them, he shares, look, I want to tell, I want to tell you about the son of man, how speaking of himself, how he's going to be betrayed and he's going to uh, be uh, put into the the care, but not really care of the religious rulers of Israel. And he'll be spat upon and beaten and then crucified and handed over to the Gentiles. And, and he will, you know, end up dying, but then rise from the grave. And so James and John's mom, right after this moment where Jesus is saying like, look, I'm going to give up everything. James and John's mom, who was one of the inner circle of the disciples, she would travel with them, decided that would be a good time to say, Hey, listen, can my sons have the best thrones next to yours in heaven? The, the right and the left? And, and Jesus goes in, and he, he asks them, he says, look, can you guys drink of the cup? And, you know, can you, can you, in other words, suffer like I'm going to go into this? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure, no problem. We can do that, not knowing what it is. But he says, look, you will drink of that cup. You will suffer like I do. But those places are given by my father will put those places. And so right after this is what we walk into. You've got a couple of disciples angling for the best spots in heaven. And then the other 10 find out. And that's what we walk into here. So verse 24, it says, when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant, translated very displeased fired up. Come on. What are you guys doing? Why are you guys angling for that? Why didn't we think of that? But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. 
Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the first thing that Jesus does is he reveals hearts. And if you read Jesus, that's what he constantly does. In any situation, he's poking in and revealing hearts of people. He doesn't like to deal with the surface level. He likes to dig deeper into our lives. So in verse 25, it says, but Jesus called them together and said, you know the rulers of this world, lord it over their people. Right? And then they flaunt their authority. So speaking of like just the way of the world, it's saying like people with power and authority in the world, they do that to people. They take their authority, they take their power, and they just rule it over the people. And you may look at it and say, well, well, somebody's the boss or the manager or in charge or the owner or whatever. I mean, that's their right, right? What's the big deal? And it's beyond just kind of like treating people poorly. The issue I think that Jesus gets at with this is that it's impersonal. That it's people relating to other people out of their authority and their power. So in other words, when people interact with rulers and people in authority in the world, Jesus is saying, you don't really have two real people connecting with one another. You have roles being played. And so it's a person that has authority, has a power, and they will not bring their real self to the other person. They bring their authority in their power. So from the perspective that's being, having this done to them, they're never really, act, really interacting with a real person. They're interacting with a role. And they get power done to them. They get authority done to them. And so what Jesus says is he says, hey, it's going to be different amongst you. It's not going to be this way amongst my followers. It's not going to be this way in my church, what they'd be called later. So he was speaking of his followers and he was speaking of you and I, that it's not going to be this way amongst you. And so it's just not that you use the power and you do it to people, but that you don't really show up as your real self because God is not hiding and he does not hide. And one of the things that he really does not like is hiding. In other words, hiding behind masks or hiding behind roles or hiding behind authority or hiding behind those things that the real person isn't involved. And so he says, among you, it will be different. So when the church gathers, it will be different. That there's not the approaching one another based upon uh, class or uh, status or economic status or uh, looks or gender or any of those things, like we, we don't bring any of that into it. That we have to approach each other as real people interacting with real people. And then when the church is scattered or living life, it will be different too. That uh, when a Christian is a boss, it will be different. When a Christian is a business owner, it, it will be different. When a Christian is a a local, state, or civic leader, it will be different. 
When a Christian is a public figure, it will be different. When a Christian is a customer, it will be different. We will interact with people as real people, and we won't use our status or our role over other people or hide behind it. Now, here's the thing, though. You may be thinking this. I make mistakes, though, right? And we do. We all do. I I made one the other day. I went into a a local establishment, and there was an order, and we were busy, and, and things were lined up, and if I didn't get this on this time, then I couldn't get that on that time, and, and so, uh, so I went in, and, and, the, and they hadn't started yet. They hadn't started what I was supposed to pick up, and, and in my mind, I was thinking to myself, well, then how is all of this going to work? And so I'm stressing out inside, and I say to them, I said, well, people are waiting, right? And I, I didn't say it terribly rude, but, and then, and then later on the interaction went and then they got, they got it going. And, and then, and then I realized to myself, um, afterwards I said, you know, uh, I didn't honor that person. I, I, I wasn't different in the way that Jesus said. And so, so I texted the, the manager later and I, I said, I said, Hey, listen, would you please talk to that team member and let them know how much I apologize for, for being rude. That wasn't my intention. I was actually just internally thinking, how am I going to do this? And I didn't show up well. I figured that a long time ago. When I first became a Christian, I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble. I got to be perfect. <laughs> you know, this is bad. But then when I realized, because I'd, I'd, blow, I'd blow it all the time, right? And I'd do things like that. And, and, and then all of a sudden I realized, no. I actually don't show that I'm a follower of Jesus by being perfect. I show that I'm a follower of Jesus by caring if I mess up. And so, so I just decided, okay, I'm not going to set out to be perfect, but I'm going to set out that I recover really well. And, and, and so that's what I set out to do. And so, and the manager said, hey, thank you so much. That goes a long way. And they're very understanding and just, right, it made all the difference. I remember when uh, Michelle, my wife and I, we, were, we got married and, and uh, she had a, car that she got when she graduated from college and, and it had a, a, you know, a Christian fish on the back, you know, the, right. And, and if you've seen those before, yeah. Okay. And so, and I never had one of those on my car. And so I told her, I said, we've got to take that off. And she's like, what are you talking about here? Like you're, you're a youth pastor. And what are we doing here? I said, I said, listen, we've got to take it off because I can't control, you know, uh, I'm going to do my best to drive. Well, but I, but, but I can't control like that. I'm not going too fast or too slow for somebody. Like I can't, like I can't explain to those people. I can't go back and apologize to them when they fly by me. And so I, I just felt like I don't want to give Jesus a bad name because of my uh, superior driving skills. Right. And so, so we took it off. But then it was worse because she's like, she's like, well, now the, the things on there, like the, uh, you know, the shadow of it, cause it was on there. And so, so now they think that we're, we're not Christians anymore. And I'm just like, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Well, the problem isn't when we make mistakes. The problem is when, when we have a culture, when we have a culture, we're a Christian and we have a culture that we actually lord it over other people when we operate in the way of the world, that when we are a boss or a business owner or a civic leader, translated politician, 
or a public figure, uh, a sports figure, or, or a, a movie star, or those people, or even church leaders, where we have a culture like that of the world where we're not different as Jesus called us to be. And this happens even in churches, where uh, pastors and leaders in churches actually interact with uh, staff and congregations, not based upon them as a real person, but they actually interact with them out of their authority and out of their power and their role. And uh, it's become an epidemic in, in churches. Uh, m- the majority of the time, this scenario that's set up is you, you have uh, moral failures amongst those that operate this way. Because the person's constantly in their role and constantly in their role. And, and over time, uh, they can do whatever they want. And I've seen this not just with people from afar, but people very close to me and friends. And, uh, you know, and it's a bad thing because it's unhealthy for everyone. Jesus said it, it will be different amongst you. So now that Jesus points out the problem and lets them know that it's going to be different amongst them, he sets the culture for them. And so verse 26 or 27, uh, he lets them know what, what it's going to be like. He says, whoever wants to be a leader among you. Now the word here that is translated leader in the New Living Translation is actually the word megas. Like, so mega, big, large, right? So if any, and, and then it's personalized. So it's, if anyone wants to be a big leader, if anyone wants to be the big guy or the big woman, if you want to be large and in charge, if you want to be the big stuff, like I had a youth pastor friend, we were young youth pastors, and told me, he said, I'm, I want to be big. I want to preach to thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I want to be big. So Jesus says, if anybody, anybody amongst you wants to be big, if you want to be great, if you want to be a great woman or man or a great leader or ruler, that person must be your servant. Must be one that puts your needs above their own. That must serve you. The word here is diakonos, diakonos, which is where we get our word deacon. Uh, It means one that ministers or serves. And it really just means one who serves another person. And this can even be a trap because we can say, well, I serve other people by functioning in my role and my authority. And so all the serving that takes place, whether it's a church or a business or or, uh, any scene or a a boss or manager, whatever, all the things that take place is they're like, well, I serve just in my role. I serve in this power. And here's the thing, though. Uh, Very rarely do you really get transformed and become that real person, that real leader, if you just only function within that power and authority. If you're always in your comfort zone, and that's where you serve people, you're not growing. You've got to be outside of your comfort zone, and that's where growth is. That's where life is, and that's where you really meet people where they're at. And so in the, in the passage, this word megas and, and, or diakonos is, is used figuratively of those who advance others' interests, even at the sacrifice of their own. 
So if you want to be big within the kingdom of God, you've got to be one that puts other people's interests above your own. You know, Martin Luther King Jr. said this. He said, everyone can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. And that's how you're great. But then he says, whoever is to be first among you, or protos, right? Who is to be first among you? So, I mean, that's common in life. Like, I want to be the biggest, and I want to be first. And he says, if anyone wants to be the biggest, or they want to be the first, now he he goes in and he says, they must become your, it's translated slave here, it can be also translated servant, but it's doulos. And someone that's a doulos is somebody that is like, they're a bond servant, Their whole life is given over to this person. And many times they would have periods of time, like they're paying back a debt or that sort of thing, so they have to serve five years. But at the end of that five years, they could say to the one that they're bondservant for, they would say, I'm yours for life. I'm your servant for life. And they would even mark them sometimes. They would take the earlobe and they would put, uh, you know, up against the doorpost and and put a hole in there that they were the the servant for life of this person. And Jesus says, if you want to be first, then you've got to be the servant of everybody. Be the doulos of everybody. Do you see how this is turned upside down? Do you see how it's different than most of the ways that we do things? So devoted to another person is to disregard your own interests. So Christians, if you want to be the boss or the leader amongst people, uh, you must be their servant. You see the contrast here of what Jesus lays out compared to like what he says, like this is how the people of the world do this. It's like, it means, it means that you will you know, you will serve all, you will look out for all. And also too, within that, he's saying, you've got to bring your real self. You've got to be a real person. Because as you serve, it's brilliant. Because here's the thing, people look and say, well, does, is, that person, is that person really a Christian? I mean, how do you test that? Well, we look at love in scripture, but then service is really the thing. Service is where it really gets tested. Is the person a, a servant? And then even more so, are they not just a servant within their role or their authority, but do they really serve? That is what Jesus lays out and says must be different amongst his people. So the leader must relate based upon the real person, which requires a real person, right? Our, our, our world today is... Um, it's so tempting and so easy to be a role player. We look at how other people succeed, and so we step into that role. We look at the clothes that they wear. We look at the things that they do. We look at the way that they say things. We step into that role. In that kind of living, what it does is it actually, it, it really hollows out our soul where we don't become the person that we were made to be. Because Jesus created all you beautiful people, how you all are so different in the way you look and your different personalities and all the way that you are. He created that so it would be this beautiful expression 
of what he's like. And it's really juggling. I mean, if, 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 I'm, not, if I'm not being myself in, in what I'm called to do, if I'm not being myself and I'm bringing my real person to it, it's absolutely juggling. Like, you've got to get good, good at juggling. And juggling's hard. When I was a kid, I, I, I said, I'm going to figure out how to juggle. And I would just take two balls and, and I, I would throw them between hands like this. And I'm like, I know how to juggle. But all that I was doing, I was just switching like this. And no, juggling's like this, Right? Juggling's like this, and it's, it's, it's different than that, and it's, it's, it's hard to do. Or they, or they say like spinning plates, right? You ever seen the guys that are spinning the plates and moving around? You got this going, you got to keep it going. That's how it is when we play roles. It should be the most assuring thing in the world to us that we have a God that came to us fully in the way that he is and related to us, not out of his role or authority. I mean, have you thought about that? When God fully expressed himself in the person of Jesus, he didn't come and just approach us in his role and authority, but he approached us as a real person. Let's read about that. Because what we see is we see Jesus came to serve. Before we do that, I want to read uh, this. Um, uh, You guys know Mother Teresa, right? Uh, worked in Calcutta in India. And uh, I have a friend, he was raised Catholic and he's, he's a pastor uh, for a long time, but he calls her Mama T. Yeah, Mama T. But she went to Calcutta and uh, she, first thing that she did is she cared for dying people. She created a place where the people that were dying could die in a more dignifying way. She said, well, you know, they, they lived just in this horrible way, and it seemed like they lived as monsters, but I'm going to make that they, they die as angels, like in this, in this safe place. They die where they feel special in these things, now, babies and other people. But this is, this is what she said about her life. She says, by blood, I'm an Albanian, by citizenship, an Indian, because she, be, she became an Indian uh, citizen. Uh, by faith, I'm a Catholic nun. As to my calling, I belong to the world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. You see, her, her, like, who she belonged to, she embodied this that we're reading about. She said, I belong to the world. She made as big an impact upon the world as, as anybody. But she didn't say the world belongs to me. She said, I belong to the world. And if you read the greatest leaders, the the greatest people of all time that have made a lasting good influence, it was that same heart. It wasn't that the world belonged to them. It's that they belonged to the world. And so Jesus came to serve as well. And so it's common sense thinking because Jesus defined the relationship between you and I and you and each other. And he says, look, everybody must serve one another. You'll be known by your serving. This is how we do. We do it differently. So you would think common sense that now as Jesus defines his relationship with us, Jesus would say what? Now you must serve me. Like that he would say to us, now you people, you serve one another and now you serve me. But he doesn't say that. He says, In verse 28, for even the son of man came not to be served, 
but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's what is happening here. Jesus is saying, come and be served by me as you serve others. Jesus doesn't say come and serve him. He says, I want you to be served by me. Whoa. God does not approach us based upon, I am God, deal with it. I mean, there are some moments where some people are pushing on Jesus and he's like, hello, I'm your worst nightmare. You know, he's like, he's like, hey, before Abraham was, I am. He's letting him know like, look, I am. You need to know this. But he just loves so gently. But God shows up on the scene in the clearest picture that we see of God. He doesn't show up and he doesn't, he doesn't approach us out of power and authority or role. He approaches us as a person. I mean, if anybody could show up and just say, I am God, do this, it's God because he created everything. But when he shows up in a body, in a person, he says, hey, will you let me serve you? Wow. Will you let me serve you? You know, I I don't know about you, but like I'm prone to be all about serving him. And this hit me hard because it's, it's like, that's what I'm about. It's like, I'm, I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus by serving the community. I'm going to serve Jesus by serving the church. And then the Lord's like, hey, Cody, will you let me serve you? And I realized that, you know, we're asking of ourselves like, hey, be a servant of all and, and serve and be a real person in these things. But you know what? It's absolutely impossible, like most things within the Christian life, unless we're first loved or served by Jesus. And so these two things go in tandem is that, that as I set out to serve, I must be one, be one that's being served by Jesus. And it says that the way that he does this is to give his life as a ransom for many. Just all of it. Just lay down his complete life for everybody. And then he says, come and get it. It's all yours. This life is yours. What you, will you do with it? And what's interesting is it's not just that he came and did it. Now he's like, he's like, okay, I'm out. I did that moment like it was transactional. But it's clear that the way that the New Testament communicates Jesus is that he's still serving you and I. He's interceding for us at the right hand of the Father day and night. And he's still serving you. And so when people ask you, what is Jesus like? How do you answer? He's, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He, he can do anything. He knows everything. He's God. The Bible says that he actually created everything that is, and he did everything, and he was before all of creation, that he actually created wisdom itself and did these things, and yet he came down and became one of us, and he serves me. That, his, that my interests are put above his. What can we do with someone like that except worship him? What can we do with someone like that except give our whole lives to him? And so don't think that this serving thing is something that we can just set out and do and say, all right, 
Cody in the Bible said, go serve. I'm going to go serve. You can do that, but you'll run out of steam. Be served by him as he does that. And it's humbling people. It's humbling when we let him serve us because he loves us and serves us so well. So those scenarios we talked about, you know, church, workplaces, school, all those different places. How can you serve in those places? How can you bring that? And I know it's hard. You know, you're like, Cody, well, I mean, I'm the boss. I mean, if, if I approach people, I need to approach people out of my authority in these things. Like, yeah. Somehow Jesus figured it out. Well, if I approach this way, people won't respect me. Well, somehow the king of all kings figured it out. And so you're sitting there and you're saying, you're like, well, what about in my place? How do I do this? How do I serve? How do I serve the people I'm leading and do these things? Well, ask God. That's a really good way to ensure that he's there in the midst of it. And what he'll do is he'll serve you as you serve them. Ask him and the Holy Spirit will show you. So be served by Jesus. And then serve others. And you say, well, I don't know how to serve others. How do I do that? Well, um, here's a good place to start. How can I help? Uh, Ask, what does this person need? You know, we as a church, the way we serve the community is we say, what does the city need? What do they need? And we say, all right, Jesus, let's go. See, you guys are carriers as followers of Jesus. You're, you're carriers of life and light. If I read it correctly, the New Testament says that, that you are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And that wherever you go, whatever, wherever you set your foot, you bring light and life. And I know it doesn't feel like it all the time. But that's who you are, and that's what you have inside of you. And as you do it more, you'll feel it more. And wherever you set, you bring the presence of God. I mean, how many a hospital rooms, how many a, a place where there's grief or, or pain or tragedy has been changed when someone comes or someone turns or someone's there and says, hey, let's pray. Let's invite God's presence. Or, or how did this room change this morning when Nikki led us, Jesus, we love you. And somehow the attention was turned away from the things we were struggling with, or it was turned away from the bills that we have to pay, or turned away from the decisions that we have to make, or turned away from the things that we're hurting with. And we were putting our focus on Jesus. And all of a sudden, everything else seemed to fade away more. And as we do that, we let go of those things and we put trust in Him. Thanks for listening this week. If you are looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, go to bkcwest.com.